Welcome to Books and Story Library. Our guest in this conversation today is Mag Ziegra, a clinical psychotherapist and a consultant, and her husband Phil, an architect and designer. Both Maggie and Phil have worked with Edges Trust to design the exhibition displayed at the Yamata Genocide Memorial. Yamata Genocide Memorial is one of national memorials located in southeast of Rwanda, in a region called Ujesera. In this conversation, we are going to explore their experience from their home in Canada to Nyamata, where they designed the exhibition displayed today at the Nyamata Genocide Memorial. Hello, Maggie and Philip. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you. Welcome to Books and Story Library. We are going to discuss about the Nyamata Genocide Memorial. Um, it's a it's a memorial that has a huge history. Actually, when I uh, discussed with Maggie, I learned that uh, uh, today's memorial carries out the whole history of Ujesera as a region uh, from 1959 uh, to 1994. So uh, um, it's that experience of you, both of you. Uh, of designing the memorial, it's, uh, it's the story of Nyamata, it's the history of Yesela, we are going to discuss about it. So uh, my first question, it's going to be, uh, how both of you were connected to this uh, project? How did you get there? If you... <laughs> well, we'll make a, I'll start, we'll make a long story very short. Um, we first went to Rwanda in 2010 and uh, lived there on and off from 2010 to late in 2013. And um, I initially went as an advisor to uh, the Kigali Genocide Memorial Education Program uh, run by Aegis Trust. And uh, Phil quickly became involved in uh, uh, exhibition uh, projects there with a background in design and uh, uh, graphics and exhibition design. And so we worked really on uh, uh, a range of things, but primarily peacemaking uh, uh, exhibition. And um, and then we we left Rwanda, but we worked with uh, the Rwandan uh, team at um, Aegis, the Rwandan education team, on a peace building project in the Central African Republic for a couple of years. And then in 20, um, the beginning of 2019, we were invited back uh, to Rwanda to participate in uh, this creation of the Nyamata Genocide Memorial Exhibition. And so that's the short story of how we got there. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so, so Philip, um, uh, What's uh, what was uh, you know when you got connected in that and uh, maybe Maggie also uh, when you when you first invited you know to visit Rwanda in, you know in that like what came in your mind because I want to start you want to start this journey from your home and what was your first discussion you know this uh, Rwanda to, you know, building peace, but at the same time, going to a country where genocide happened. 
Wow. Yes, Big yes. Well, it was it was a it was a big doorway for us, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I think what uh, led us there was first Maggie's posting uh, to go directly to to be part of the education program and support the education program at the Kigali Genocide Memorial. Uh, she can speak about the importance of that from her own background, but uh, I didn't know what I would do, but I said, let's, let's go together. And, uh, and because I had the design background, I had a hope that, that I could also bring my own skills uh, to, uh, to the work in Rwanda. And in fact, I, I, I was left right into uh, a redesign of the Murambi uh, National Memorial Site. Uh, in the south of the country, and that was a, that was a very very big learning for me, and an amazing opportunity. Mm-hmm. What was your feeling? Because uh, oh I my god, I really <laughs> want to take our audience to you. Of you know, you were journey into yeah. Rwanda. Then okay. when you reach there, we maybe go we're going to see what what was. Uh, uh, what I was think I can speak for were, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, I think I might, was it long? Uh, was it, uh, you know, terrifying, you know, vis-a-vis the things you were expecting to see? Um, it was, um, I think the, the traveling there and the deciding to go, we, we read a lot of history before we went um, and uh, tried to understand the, the situation. But honestly, as kind of... Um, white Canadian outsiders with no personal connection to Rwanda. Uh, I think we spent most of our time on the way there and in all honesty for the first six months saying, what are we doing here? Like, why are we here? What, who do we think we are as outsiders to come to this country? And is there anything that we have to offer? And really in those first six months, I think there were often times when um, we thought about going home and, uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, there's a lot of difficulty in translation through culture and language and history and story and trauma. And, um, but we're, we're really glad we stuck it out. <laughs> and I guess our Rwandan friends and colleagues would be the ones to say whether we've offered anything useful to the country or not. But it was a big adjustment and it was hard. And I think what kept us really honest all the time was really trying to examine who we were as outsiders, as um, white European descent Canadians and what kind of role there was for us as witness and as um, uh, uh, as part of a collegial team to to examine the genocide and peacemaking and education. So, yeah. uh, thank you very much. I'm glad that you mentioning uh, cultural barriers and shocks sometime when you reach uh, to Rwanda. For, uh, I've realized that also in another research that I'm doing with Professor Stephanie Wolf uh, from Weber State University and Dr. Anna Marie Bia uh, from Pretoria University. When we went to the field, uh, the questions they were asking me on our way and, 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 and of course the question 
they were proposing, you know, they were asking to also survive. Uh, we kind of noticed that, but we also worked on that on our, on our side. But I'm wondering, Philip, um, as a someone who have that background of designing, did you also experience the same uh, question? Uh, how do you interpret this, uh, you know, this culture into your own design uh, skills? Yes, well, I think in, not even specific to design. I think that uh, um, it's very similar to what Maggie was saying. But it, it, if we, if one reaches the place of of a project where where we're working with Rwandan colleagues, uh, it's we we are so limited from being outsiders. That we we rely upon uh, our colleagues, our Rwandan colleagues, to really uh, to give direction or to give to give feedback, um, and for that to be uh, effective, we need good relationships with our colleagues. So uh, Maggie talks about six months. Um, I think I think we we realized that it really was a full year before. We began to uh, to build the, the depth of relationship with our colleagues that we could really do uh, the best work together, and uh, that's uh, the peace building exhibition that we did together with our colleagues, um, uh, which began I think after that first year, maybe getting into the second year. Uh, would not have, I don't think, been a, been been successful without that kind of uh, uh, relationship, where we would be talking to groups around the country, and then we would, on the way home, we'd turn to our colleague and say, "Is this for real? Right? Is this is this true? What they're telling us, or is it just we think that that's what we would want to hear?" So that kind of of, uh, of understanding. Mm -hmm. Uh, would not be available to us as uh, simply working as outsiders. Oh, I see. Uh, uh, in that, in that, in that situation, I guess it wasn't. It wasn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as as you as you would know yourself, uh, as you enter into different cultures. Uh, how long does it take before uh, before someone will make a joke and you understand what the joke is about? I mean, that's <laughs> and and, and we're, if we're talking about trauma, that's 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 even further away. <laughs> so, uh, Maggie, how did you then build that ground? Uh, you know, that common ground with the team, and the, then you started working together. Like what? Uh, what was those kind of uh, the first experience with uh, with the team that you say ah oh, now we understand each other then uh, our project is is going smoothly. I think the thing that helped me the most was um, coming back and back to acknowledging that I was an outsider, that I was working in a place where a lot of foreigners passed through. 
Uh, some of them with very strong opinions about what should be done and how it should be done. And, um, and I think it was the constant questioning of, of, uh, of being there that kind of enabled me to return over and over to a place of more patience and understanding in the beginning that why why would the Rwandans be interested in me? Like, <laughs> why, why, why should they be? You know, it's like there's a long history of uh, white colonialism and uh, oppression in the country and uh, a lot of anger about uh, the international community during the genocide. And, um, and so there was kind of a patient place and, and it just turned up very slowly meaningful conversations happened with people that had a an honesty and a um a genuine kind of quality to them um and so yeah it, it was it just took a long time and really made me understand that going somewhere for a few weeks and leaving is it's not enough to uh build any kind of meaningful relationships and um so, yeah. it's a big question, and I have lots of facets and angles to it, but I'll leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, Philip is a designer. Uh, Philip is a designer. Then, what was the, how did you build that ground, you know, to be able, you and Maggie, start designing what we see in today's Nyamata Genocide Memorial? Mm -hmm. Yes, well, I, I do want to mention the, the, a key person that we worked with over the years. Our, our, our main colleague was uh, Freddie Matangua, uh, who's, who uh, heads up the, the Genocide Memorial in Fort Aegis. And, and, uh, um, and he's, uh, he's an educator. I think at heart he's, he has a, a really strong sense of, uh, of what how to how to present things and also how to uh, as a as a leader within the survivor movement in Rwanda I think he has takes great care for for uh, the hearts of, of survivors and so uh, he would be the first person that we would we would be talking to about design issues mm -hmm. I just intervened yeah. and just say when we came back in 2019 um, to work on the Binata project, it was at Freddie's invitation, and um, and I I think that uh, what comes to mind when you're talking is an image of us sitting and looking at a big screen and looking at draft designs and the the richness of the conversations uh, with Freddie and other Rwandans about what we're doing and looking at and how to present it and that we were never we were never alone with it just kind of doing our own thing yeah i can say one more thing about that relates to design um which is more about a, a, an approach to uh the kind of interpretive uh work that that we've done uh in rwanda but also other other work um uh, that we've done uh, where 
we use as much as possible. We, we have, with, through interviews or through transcripts, we find and try to select the words of the people who know the story, whose stories are being told. And so, as much as possible, we don't have a kind of an omnipotent voice that, that narrates the history, but as much as possible, we tell the history or we show the history uh, through the voices of, uh, in this case, survivors. Um, and, uh, and I think that that's something that we've developed even in, in deeper. We're working with Freddie. Another question that I wanted to ask, uh, you know, from what you said, uh, you, you talked about how when you reached there, Maggie, uh, you found that, uh, uh, you know, what was your mind that it's a place where the many foreigners go through and, and visit. Um, you talked about strong opinions, which is true. Some of them questioning, others critique especially those from academia world, which is the nature. Uh, how, how, did, how were you able to, con to reconcile that outside world uh, with uh, the, the memory that carries the region, which is Ujisela, it's a huge uh, memory of, uh, of genocide against Tutsi. Again, Nyamata, it's a killing site. Uh, you know, that's what my book, Life and Death in Nyamata, is about. It's about the people, the two days massacres there, people who lost lives there, survivors, uh, some very few survivors who are still alive uh, from that church. How did that come in mind? And, and how, you know, before maybe we, we reach to the design and the what it means, how did, did that complex of, of, of the whole burden of history that the Yamata Genocide Memorial carries vis-a-vis -vis the expectation of different different expectations, of course, from foreigners, Rwandans, survivors. Did you uh, did that cross over your mind, and how was it? You know, how was your feeling for both of you of reconciling that reality? I think it's an ongoing process. I think that, um, in a way, being called to witness as an outsider, that there is a role, there is a role to um, listen and to pay attention. There is uh, sometimes a gift in that witness. Um, I think that uh, the way humans respond to trauma and to mass uh, war crimes or genocide. Um, there are cultural differences, but there are also uh, similarities in the desire to be heard, the desire to tell the story, the desire to um, have support in uh, resolving the story. And um, and so I think I would just bring my, I've tried to bring myself back to what I know as a, a, from decades of work in the field of trauma and psychotherapy about listening and witness and knowing um, uh, and holding in my mind to do the least harm possible and to try to uh, uh, always prioritize, give space to, to the 
to the Rwandan voice and at Nyamata to the survivor voice and uh, um, to do that. And so that's not an easy process. And um, in the process of that kind of witness is hard. And one of your invitation to have a conversation also uh, got us into a conversation about um, what we carry from uh, being there and specifically what we carry from the working on that um, installation at a massacre site because the other work had more of a peace building edge to it and so there was more future looking but this is really a historical um, commemoration of, of something and it, it I think it hit us hard and um, we spent a lot of time when we first got back trying to process our own feelings but as you know, it was, you know, in recent months that I read your book and was just completely, I, I just completely <laughs> broke down and cried and, um, and realized that, you know, that out, the outsider, the witness, the, uh, that person is also affected by story and that um, it's not, and it's really important to remember that my own pain that I carry about what I heard is not the same as the pain that you carry or other survived carries for living through it. That it's different, but it's also a guide to me into opening my heart and to being as present as I can. And if I deny my own pain because of yours or the survivors of that place, um, I'm not fully showing up with my own heart either. So the delicate dance is how to be alive and connected to my own reactions and my own feelings and my own responses without those taking away in any way from the the listening to to survivors and listening to those stories yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm not quite sure if that's what you're asking but that's where my that's mind that's exactly what I was, I was asking you because it's uh, much more what you felt what you are feeling uh, and which 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 uh, you you quite responded very well, and uh, um, I wonder how was it to feel it, As, especially that uh, uh, you are coming from that field of psychotherapy, and he's coming from that technical field field of uh, designing. Makes me think about the images. Well. I mean, I, I've, I've lived with this psychologist for a long time, too, so, so I learned from her. Um, but what comes to mind when I was listening, when I heard your question about, well, it's a killing site, and what, you know, what's, what can, how can you, how does it feel to be there? And, uh, and, I, and, and as I said before, I was also spent time at Morambi for a long time, which was another big killing site. Um, but... The experience that I think I can speak for Maggie that was very key for us uh, was, it's, you know, she talks about witness, um, but also just the, to to show up, to 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 really be present, and uh, to find and and always be always be uh, continuing to uh, to be as present as possible, and the the the. The, the the sort of the comparable uh, would be for other other uh, foreigners, other international yeah. people who who uh, who 
ran away literally during the commemoration or who would who would who would say oh well, that's just for Rwandans um, it's not for for us to to share and 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 our experience was the to show up to bring our presence to commemoration or to a memorial site was deeply appreciated by the Rwandans that we knew because um, we were willing to be there with them so so that's uh, that's about uh, an ongoing uh, intention to to be to, to be present at, at Nyamata or to be present with uh, the, the survivors that we're talking to about their their own personal story and I think that that transcends yes we're outsiders but I think it's also about about being present I would just add to that that you know Phil, one of the things you're not saying is what it was like as a designer Phil was the one who sat you know with people in the archive at uh, Kigali Genocide Memorial or on his own computer looking for images looking for images of images of um, the genocide images of trauma and war and you know before the genocide and you know flicking through like all of this horrible stuff just that it was hard it's hard to look at it yeah just like it you know it's hard to it's hard to sit with testimony and try to go over it and over it and extract the quotes or the few words and um yeah i think that was all I could add one one thing from the design point of view in terms of uh, uh, a feeling of of uh, or a commitment to solidarity and a commitment to to uh, um, being uh, being with like not not just being a, someone who's looking from the outside. Um, it was my commitment always has been to in the design to try to create a feeling that uplifts the those whose stories are being told uh, in terms of whether it's photographs or or uh, other background images to support the integrity and the humanity of those whose stories are being told and i do that in whatever way i can um, and uh, that's but that's my commitment Thank you for listening to this episode where we discussed with Maggie and her husband Phil about their work of designing the exhibition at Nyamata Genocide Memorial. We look forward to have you next time in the next episode, which will be the last episode of this conversation as we discuss and explore Phil and Maggie's journey of designing Nyamata Genocide Memorial.